Welcome back to Booze Nation, the podcast. I'm Tracy Ramos, and it's January 2023. And it could be raining as we speak, which is a good thing. We need the rain, not so much the flooding and destruction, but yes to the rain. And a couple of things. First, we have a new COVID variant. It's a sub-variant to the Omicron variant. Oh, Omicron, you asshole. You just won't leave us alone. I know I'm not supposed to be talking about the truth about the pandemic, but we're still in it. So please mask up, please get vaxxed, and please get boosted. Second thing, we are in dry January. Yes, everyone gives up booze for the month of January, which usually lasts for about two weeks. And then after those two weeks, everyone who gave up drinking starts drinking again, and usually with a vengeance. Um... However, there is a new outlook, a new thing, maybe, regarding sobriety, cutting back on alcohol, and more of a mindful drinking outlook, I should say. And the term mindful drinking is a term that I learned from my next guest, Joshua James. And Josh is the owner of Ocean Beach Cafe, which is one block away from the ocean, on the Richmond side of Golden Gate Park. And Josh and others use the term mindful drinker or mindful drinking when he speaks about non-alcoholic beverages and a non-alcoholic lifestyle. And I started hearing about Josh and Ocean Beach Cafe around 2021, sometime in that year. Uh, There were articles coming out about the first non-alcoholic cafe, bar, bottle shop in San Francisco. And I was intrigued because I wasn't familiar with any establishment that had a NA bottle selection and a beer selection. And, you know, you would see a few non-alcoholic beers here and there in some bars, or there were a couple of non-alcoholic drinks maybe every now and again, but not too much. And that was, again, really about it for the NA selections. So again, like I said, I was intrigued. I finally made it out to Ocean Beach Cafe and tried the Good Buzz Daisy non-alcoholic cocktail. And I was impressed. It's good. And the cafe, it's mellow. It's cool. It's a really nice vibe out there. So please go check it out. And we're going to jump right into the interview. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Tracy? Good. Happy belated new year. Thank you. How is the rain? I'm not in San Francisco right now. I'm coming back tomorrow. It's like, it's the craziest I've ever seen it. Oh my gosh. The water came all the way up from like being way, it was a huge beach forever. And then one day, just boom, it's crazy. I haven't seen it like this in a very long time. Obviously we've been in a drought for so long, but yeah, this is pretty insane. So let's just jump right into it. Congratulations about Ocean Beach Cafe. I've been there once. I think it's such a great addition to that part of San Francisco and just in San Francisco in general, really, because we don't really have a non-alcoholic kind of meeting place or a bar or a cafe or anything like that. So I think that's just fantastic. How, how well, long has it been open? Be two years on the 22nd. Wow, that long. Yeah. Well, it's so hard to tell time in the because you know we're still in a pandemic, and sometimes it's like, did that happen in 2022? Did that happen in 2021? At least in late December of 2020, so that was ten months into COVID, and then I 
painted the place and got all the inventory and put the menu together. But it took me about three weeks. So I opened in dry January, third week of January. No idea how that was going to go. There was no proof of concept. It was 10 months into COVID. So we opened up and sold out in the first week. And it was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> that is fantastic. Because I think I started hearing and reading about Ocean Beach probably about like June, July of 2021. So it's always nice to just get out to the beach. It's the most beautiful part of San Francisco. It's, it's not the right spot for new market of non-alcoholic beverages, the people that want to learn about them, enjoy them, taste them. It's hard for people psychologically to be like, we're going out to the beach. Now, don't get me wrong. Every day, multiple times a day, and there's all kinds of people that come out here and do the drive. I just know there's like 12,000 others that are like, I keep hearing about it. I know about it. I can't wait to go there. It's going to be so cool. I've seen a bunch of articles. I've seen them on the news. I, I, It's going to be so cool when I get there. Two years later, like I still have people coming in at least a few times a week. It's like, I've been following you for like a year and a half. I'm so stoked to finally make it down. And I'm like, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I know, San Franciscans, we act like the huge journey to go one mile. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere. Well, some places have a different culture with that, but it's humans. It's just humans. They're like, that's too far. That is out of my orbit. That would be like getting in a spaceship and having to do the whole thing. It's just out of my orbit. It's like, no, it's not. You know, when you drive 20 minutes, how fast 20 minutes goes by when you're driving? Because it's kind of a meditation. And then all of a sudden, you're going to be in the most beautiful part of San Francisco. And you get to go see all these bottles on the wall. So come on down, guys. Yes, you have a huge inventory. I was surprised, I have to say. How did you, how did you come into that? The original tagline for the business plan before I opened was build the largest non-alcoholic beverage selection in the world. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to build the largest non-alcoholic beverage selection in the country, which I think I kind of had. And then hundreds of brands were coming out. And I was like, okay, the largest selection on the West Coast, which I also had. And then in my second year, I was like, okay, I'm going to build the best of the best of what's out there. And what you see on that shelf right now is a small fraction of what's out there. Very small fraction. Think thousands of brands in the last four years that have come out. And that is not an exaggeration. So it was really fun to get to pivot into a highly curated, like this is just the, the stuff that we're into. And then now what we're into is like, we're getting like progressive on progressive in that. I'd like to move it towards maybe getting away from, so how do you make a non-alcoholic Manhattan, which will still be there and still be important, but like, I'm so much more into these products that are coming out that like have the adaptogens and things that you may be able to feel, maybe give you a bit of a body change or a little bit of a head change and just stocked full of herbs. These, these are things that are like lifting you up that are make, allowing you to, to have a trigger to wind down. Alcohol is not required to wind down. These new products can totally be that trigger. And they're just herbal and complex and no sugar and just awesome. Bunch, bunch of cool brands like that coming out right now. 
Yeah, I'm loving the non-sugar aspect because as we know, with alcohol, there's just so much sugar. And even if you want to try like cranberry and soda or cranberry and tonic, a straight, very simple thing. There's still, there's still like so much sugar. 39 grams of sugar for the tonic. Cranberry is about the same, the whole thing. Yeah. Yes. It, I mean, again, I'm a sugar fiend. I love it. I'm addicted to it. So I'm always loving to try new, new alternatives out there. Before you lived in San Francisco, where were you? Can you talk about that? Yeah. First 12 years of my life were it's on the border of Oregon and California, right on the coast. So there's a stretch of beach that connects California to Oregon. It's at Smith River. And that's the Talawa tribe. And my dad is a master woodworker from up there and, and a Native American man that had five kids up there and then moved all five kids to Hawaii in 1994. So I was 12 years old. And then we lived on Oahu for about 12 years. And then I, I moved to the North Shore of Kauai and I was there off and on for about nine years. And then I was well, yeah, working in food and beverage straight out of high school on Oahu. And then I knew that's what I wanted to do for a career. And I then started bartending in other parts of the country. Starting in after Kauai, I went to San Francisco actually in 2010, 2011 to really kick off the career. I would have been 27, 28 at the time. And then back to Kauai. And then I did LA. I did New York City for like two years, which was amazing. And then I was last in North Carolina, just bartending and drinking a whole bunch there. But, you know, it's just like what I talked a little bit before, what I emailed you about is just about representation and representation matters. And, you know, in San Francisco, we don't really have a lot of color behind the bar at all you know, or, and, and in ownership, especially what was your impression like of San Francisco in 2010 versus now in the, in that regard? Yeah. In 2010, I'm trying to think of the people that I was interacting with and all the fancy bars to go to and where that was when like, Hey, bartender was about to come out. So that was kind of showing like where the cocktail Renaissance was at that time. I think there were still some mustaches and some suspenders and there were some bartenders that were pretentious and give you a hard time that actually what I remember around that time was when like, that wasn't cool to do because we're in the hospitality industry. So like that was the statement that was being said because it needed to be said at that time. And it was also making craft, but doing it at a high volume was a big subject at that time. And I don't know, I feel like there was a pretty yeah. Was there, how much, how much color was there behind the bar? I guess uh, it wasn't, it's not something I thought of too much. And I didn't, I wouldn't say that I got the impression that it was so whitewashed and I, I don't currently, but. So tell me about the friendship house and how you came to find that and your decision to go there. Yeah. Two of my brothers had went there. So I knew like a fair amount about it and where it was the brother right above me. He's, he's gotta be like 16 or 17 years sober now. It all started there. He, I saw how it changed his frequency. Like it changed his life. It changed everything. That was the that was a big moment in my life to this day. Just seeing how somebody can actually change their way, like fundamentally, and what it took to do that. And it was just, it was it was lasting for him. And my little brother went, and I'm sure he had a great experience as well. I I I had never communicating with him too much historically and not for any particular reason 
we just kind of have our own independent lives, but he's, he's on a, he's on a sober kick right now too. So when I decided to take a year off drinking in December of 2019, I was in Asheville, North Carolina post my second DUI getting let go from another job or two. And I'm just like, I didn't want to bartend anymore. Anyway, I was like 37 years old and I was done, but I knew I was going to take a year off drinking and a month into it. It actually wasn't too hard for me to not drink. Fortunately, I'm glad I, I can see how hard it really is for a lot of folks. And I was just, my constitution and my mindset was pretty strong on it. I was going the year and my brother was like, she's thinking about going to the friendship house. And I was like, think about it this week for sure. I'm not opposed to it. It's also kind of like I'm doing fine and I know I'm going this whole year without drinking, but I'll think about it. And then I was like, why not? <laughs> like, I'm all about a life rich in experience. I know that there could be nothing. It would only be a positive if I went and like to a place where I was like focusing on myself and not having to worry about like, you know, having where I'm, where, I'm, where am I going to pay for lunch that day and coffee and bills and, and work. And I don't have to do any of those things. It's all there for me. I can literally just like spend time with myself. Actually, you know, that sounds great. Like I'll apply. And I got accepted and showed up and I was like, all right, we're doing this. Probably 35 people living in this really nice facility on 15th and mission. And was like, this is great. And then COVID hit two weeks later and was like, perfect. This is what we're doing. I I could have left any time I wanted to. I was there for three and a half months and had an amazing experience. Were what were the protocols when COVID hit? How did that change the facility, or did it? Yeah, they that particular house was very strict. Usually, you would be able to go out certain times a day to go to the store, or whatever, and laundry, and that was heavily restricted and protected. And that actually kept us from from the house from getting COVID for a long time. I know they ended up all getting COVID at some point after I left. It's just like something happened and so yeah that was it we were watching it unfold from the inside and uh yeah felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be gosh it's exactly where you were supposed to be have you ever done like when you were drinking have you ever tried to do a dry January because I never did I never was like oh I'm gonna take a month off like that just never ever and ever entered into my mind I, I was a two-week guy, three-week guy. Like, I was like, I'm, okay, I'm taking two weeks off. You know, all the blood should circulate, should be all healed up. Do it, you know, I did probably four or five of those in 2018. I probably did a few in 2017. I did a, definitely did a few in 2019 and was like just going right back to three-day benders, four-day benders. And, that, and then it was over two-day hangovers. And then, like, it then I could feel it in my brain. And I was like, this is not, this is not cool. Like it's starting to affect me and my brain and, and just my character. I'm like, that's not my character. You know, I, I, I value my character and who I am. And like, that is a different person. Like literally it's almost like being possessed. Like you say things and do things that are not even like deep down inside of me that are coming out. This is like, something else is kind of operating at times of like extreme blackout. And I'm like, that is not cool. If I don't have any control literally of like 
what's coming out of my mouth and it has nothing to do with what's inside of me like literally and i was like that is like i'm taking a year off drinking for those two reasons my brain and like some actions in extreme blackout i was like this has got to stop i definitely know what you mean that was that was a lot of me you know bad decisions and then guzzling alcohol for three days in a row you know so yeah, yeah. I, I totally hear you so you are done with friendship house and it's still like locked down in the pandemic right yeah and then how did you come across the spot of ocean beach because as we know san francisco is at the time was, you know, terrible with rents and leases and every landlord. Oh, I don't want to say every landlord, but you know, the landlords were out to just gouge anything they could. And it sounds like that didn't happen to you. Yeah, it was. So the timeline was while I was in the friendship house, there was a huge moment that came out of nowhere. That was like, oh my God, I'm going to review non-alcoholic beverages. I'm going to go find them. I'm going to go travel to them. I'm going to bring a camera. I want to go meet the producers. I know there's stuff going on out there. I'm going to be like the guy to go to it. I want to do the reviews. And then like, it was this crazy, it was in my bunk at night and I, it was just buzzing. Woke up the next day, started writing everything down that I had like had this crazy vision of and just got super excited. And I, and I, and I had time to like write all this stuff down and then I had my notebooks, you know? And then I even actually like told one of my counselors, like, this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, yeah, well, you can't do that here, obviously, but you know, good luck. And by the way, the director actually was like, that's, that's not, you know, that's not going to, that's not going to work. You know, it's not sustainable, you know, not sustainable as a career. So 95% of programs are 12 step based. This was definitely an AA house. There was a meetings every day and workshops every day is a AA and that, and it was, I'm so glad I got to learn all about AA and spend time with that, but they're not condoning non-alcoholic beverages. And I will say for sure, for good reason. In my time there, like I'm, I'm a career bartender. I, I like people. I, I see, I'm good at pattern recognition with people and stuff. I could see that like there's most all of the people in that house. So like, you're not going to get them a non-alcoholic beer and be like, here, it's going to change your life. Check this out. You don't have to live that way no more. Like, no. <laughs> right. No, I know. You know. I hear you. So yeah, I totally understand how the director's like, yeah, no, you know, I, and I'm, I'm just like, no, don't you worry. <laughs> I heard, heard on that. But like, when I get out of here, I bought my first six pack of athletic brewing company, run wild IPA, cracked it, drank it. And I was like, oh, it's on. It is so freaking good. When that IPA came out, the world was a different place. I'm telling you, like in a big way. And we haven't even fully realized that yet. I mean, it's well, well on its way, but like, just give it another year and a half. And like, it's just, it, it will be, it is everywhere, but it'll just be so much more mainstream. The big thing right now is like, everybody's preconception of non-alcoholic beer, let's say, is like a shitty one. And they're like, oh, duels, that's weird and stigmatized. Like, what, you got a problem? That is not what's going on right now. It's like super cool cats that like to ride bikes and like hike hills and climb boulders. You know, they're like, oh my God, 
this beer, it's so cool. It's like literally changed my diet and my day and my life, you know, for some people. Was I think Odu's was like the only one of like name recognition, right? And that was just like, why would you even bother? Yeah. Macro light, like I, yeah. stale, old, nobody <laughs> buys it. Like, like dad, dad's dad's drinking O'Doul's and the kids are like, what'd you do this time, dad? See <laughs> so you drinking the O'Doul's again. Yeah. Mom, it, what like, did dad do? He's drinking O'Doul's, mom. Yeah, it's like the loser. It's like the loser of the beers. I, I just, I just want to let everybody know what's going on right now is the polar opposite of that. It's like the cool cats are like, oh my goodness, this is this is amazing. I'm telling you, it's it's super super cool stuff. Completely getting destigmatized. It, it's going to be like semi admired when you're drinking a non alcoholic IPA out socializing with your coworkers, and your boss is like, "Nice, John. See you drinking the non alcoholic beer there. You'd like to be focused." but you still have good tastes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just can't believe it took them this long to make a non-alcoholic IPA or, you know, something that was actually decent. Yeah. This, this whole market, the, the way all these sales are going is just multi-billion dollar industry. Top five non-alcoholic beers. Uh, right now, the rationale I got in the fridge is just next level. The owner is just going the extra, extra, extra length to have the best freaking product he can he's like throwing away batches and he knows what the best is and so does the brewer and they're like all right you're gonna throw that one away too and he's like yep i want this to be the best freaking thing on the market and he's got it so but there's some stuff going on right now like wisconsin is this whole thing going on there's like a there's a whole zone with a bunch of different brands that there's a bunch of really, really cool stuff that's happening as the technology is getting better. And next to that, I'll say Wanaki, Wisconsin has a brewery that has a process that is making the thickest, freshest, craziest stuff, the untitled art stuff. That brewer, he's actually contract brewing for like, I think like six other breweries. And every time... It's a different brand. It's the same brewer, though. I, I know it is. I can taste him. And it's freaking delicious. But there's others, there's other brands that are coming up out of Maine. And yeah, there's and, and I failed to mention that Athletic. Yeah, everything they do is great. They and they do they probably do 12 something beers a month that people never even see. You have to be a member to get the emails for those beers, but, and they're amazing. Athletic is still absolutely crushing it, but like, I'm all about that stuff. Nobody's heard of that is just like knock your socks off as well. Oh, that sounds really good. So Ocean Beach Cafe is coming up on its two year anniversary. Had you ever done any like managing or is this the first like ownership managing role that you had? Definitely the first ownership. I had managed a bunch of bars, but I always was kind of like, I don't want to take on full management. Like I always managed to like get out of having to do the scheduling and like things like that. I was just like, I just had like to bartend and I like to have a good time and not take on too much responsibility. That was always just kind of my way. And yeah, so this is the first time having to manage up to eight staff members at one time and took on chefing too, which was super fun and just an awesome experience. And, and yeah, the whole thing, payroll, social media, ordering, 
inventory, restocking, just all of it, all of it. It was just, it was just me and, and then had some great team members to help too, of course. And But yeah, that was a big one. It all started after I left the Friendship House, just to get back to that. I, I, I cracked that beer and it was like, I'm doing reviews. And I just started, I was like, I'll do 50 reviews, see where it takes me. I started Josh the Non-Alcoholic on YouTube and Instagram and just kept making videos to see where it would take me. And then I was about 30 videos into that. And I walked into this deli that was permanently closing October of 2020. And I was getting a coffee and the guy was just sitting down in the dining room and he was like, you want to buy the place? I was like, sure. How much? (laughs) Wow. And he's like $50,000. I was like, yeah, like for everything. And he's like, yeah, and it all works. I was like, even like the Coca-Cola's over there and everything, huh? He's like, yeah, that inventory, you can have it. But I'm taking that wine with me because he had a beer and wine license. I was like, yeah, cool. I don't need that wine. (laughs) Because if I was to take this on, I'm making a non-alcoholic bar and bottle shop. Like, that's what I would do. I know where this is going. And sat down. And I left that conversation and I immediately got on my phone and I went to godaddy.com and looked at oceanbeachcafe.com and it was like, it's available. And I was like, shit, (laughs) no, I was, I was, I was actively selling an item on Amazon so I could like work from anywhere in the world. Like that was the whole plan, like for sure. That's what I wanted to do. So this was the opposite of that. It was like three to five year lease. Like, like, do you want to, give your entire life away and put roots down in San Francisco down by the beach. Like really? And, and I, I I committed to it one day and I was like, I'm doing it. And let's see if I can get funding with no money and horrible credit. And I did because I wasn't drinking and I didn't have hangover. Yeah. It makes a big difference when you are not hungover and have to spend all that time recovering so you can just actually make sense to yourself because it's a really a lot of time suck i felt think about like how the sheer amount of of time time suck and and productivity like please if you're listening to this think of it in like the 60 70 percentile or or 80 percentile depending on how much you drink and how much how hungover you are of stuff that is just not getting done or or productive like it's huge if you just took that thing out of your life first of all don't be scared to do that everybody's scared that it's not going to be fun or that it's going to suck like put that one aside don't worry about it not being fun you're you're going to find plenty of fun stuff to do unless you weren't fun to begin with then like you're just not fun like, yeah, and that's actually your problem, and no amount of alcohol is going to ever cure that. So, yeah, you're going to be fun. Don't worry. Like, it's you're going to you're going to like you see this like how I am right now. Like I was probably like that too. Like you're going to keep being you. Don't worry about it. Just and just get excited. Actually, get excited if you want to cut back on drinking. Like, go for it. It's <laughs> you've got so many things that can happen when you get back like seventy percent of each day. It's I was particularly like I particularly enjoyed being productive and I never really had in my life. The only times I really did that I can remember was when I took like two to three weeks off drinking. I was like, whoa, I'm writing a business plan. Just it was like, this is cool. And I finished that day like, man, I got so many things done. This is so crazy. 
And, 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 and so then I got, when I took the year off drinking, that was every day. And I was like, this is so cool. It was like driving a new car. Like I, I always thought I had talents and, and things that I could do well. I just never exercised that muscle. And then I was doing it for like an entire year. It was awesome. I agree that it's super awesome. That is great. And then as an owner manager, what has it been like to try and staff the cafe? Have you had issues or problems staffing? Yeah, there it's consistent, you know. It's not really a career job and especially during COVID, I was in the times of COVID when everybody was getting free money and getting a job would mean they don't get that free money and they would have to work. I mean, let's just put it clean like that's what was that's what was up. And then I was trying to hire in a time when it was like, I've spent enough time getting free money, like not having to work that I realized I don't even want to do that work anyway. Like, I don't want to drive a truck. Like, I don't want to work on the line. I don't want to wash dishes. Like, that's kind of my trauma place, actually. And it's not a super healthy place for me. Now that I've had some time to sit at home and think about what I want to do and what I don't want to do. I also don't necessarily want to be working in an unhealthy restaurant environment. So the industry itself was just like, but I will, depending on what you pay me, like, what are you paying me? Because this guy over there has got like signing bonuses and stuff. Like, do you got any signing bonuses? And it's just like, oh my goodness. Like, I'm just a cafe, man. Cafes don't really make money, you know, like, and then that's what you end up doing is, is like, you do have to pay people a livable wage. You have to create a healthy environment and you have to um, make sure they're super well taken care of. And in a post COVID economy and what that looks like and yeah, staffing. Oh my God. <laughs> Managing staff. Anybody think about getting into the restaurant and bar and cafe world? That's the hardest part. It's like, it is so hard. Have you thought about expanding? Yes. Very, very much so. Like that was that was the whole thing. Like put put this new concept of a lounge in a central location. Like go to Nopa, Divisadero, Lower Hate, whatever. Like over by there. And it would just be like I know how much of a demand there is. And most of the demand is from people that don't even know that they're demanding it. Like you literally just have to like build the space and be like, this is the cool new spot. It's not a Kaba lounge, but it's not an alcoholic bar. It's another third space, a third place that you can go to with a whole bunch of other super cool cats that are like, I don't want to feel that way anymore. I want to feel better. I want to drink less. And I want to hang out with other people that are doing that. That was, that's what needed to happen. It, it's too it's apparently too hard for people to drive out to the beach i know i get i get a lot of people that drive out to the beach every single day i'm just saying there's a bunch more i wanted to capture and it needed to be more centrally located to do that but what i don't want to do and it's so interesting how these things happen is like what i ultimately want to do for like my health and my life is i don't want to be stuck behind a counter and not be able to leave and also be working 70, 80 hours a week, managing all the staff for no guarantee of return 
and not being able to go on vacation. And the only food I eat is at the cafe because that's the only thing I'm doing is cafe and sleeping for a year and a half. That is no way to live. So do I want another location? I'm sure I eventually will, but like, I want my life back. I'm going to go travel first. And I think a lot of things and a lot of connecting is going to happen. And the trajectory of my career is going to change. I know I, I, I want to do some non-alcoholic traveling show of some kind. I have some things I want to show people and I want to have a part in changing the perception of non-alcoholic beverages from what it's been historically what's going on now and where it's all going, because that mindset is super important to the adoption of this whole thing. It's all going to happen anyway. I just am in a position to be a part of it. And I believe I can have a hell of a lot of fun doing it. So that's where, that's what I'm looking towards now. There'll probably be a product in the future as well. I have a couple different ideas on what that product would be and you know, pop-ups for sure. And then as far as another brick and mortar space, it was super important what's been happening the last two years and what, what I, what I've done. I just, I know I don't want to live like that all the time. It's super hard. And, and uh, yeah, so that's, you know, you get one life and I want to go do some really cool stuff. And that very well could be a brick and mortar in the future. It's just not going to be this, this next year. I've always gone back and forth about owning a bar, but once you get into that ownership or maybe even managership, like you really don't have a lot of time to yourself and you really don't have a life. Yeah. I actively like knew, had it as a priority to have that time for self, for mental health and all, and, and all that. And you just really don't get to it's, that is the nature of the beast. I mean, there could be some unique situations, I think, where some owners just are like, yeah, I just don't do that. I don't spend time with that. I have other people that do that. And like in that kind of a business, you are the main employee that like actually makes it so you might be able to pay all your bills, you know, to continue on doing what you're doing. Like you kind of have to be there. Yes, there are businesses that have figured out how to do it where they don't. And that is an amazing accomplishment but to get to that point you're definitely there building and getting to a point you know like in my case i have gotten to a point where i've attracted amazingly qualified individuals to help run the place but yeah that does take time oh boy i agree and so where are you going to go travel do you know i got the whole west coast to start with and i you're sticking in the states not maybe international yeah, I'll eventually get there. I've made friends with a lot of brands because I was like one of the only retail locations selling their products in a brick and mortar in person and like uniquely coming from a bartending background. So like I enjoy tasting as many things as I can and making drinks with it. So like they were just like, I, I made a lot of friends. So I want to go visit them and show people what's going on in, in this industry. Oh, that's great. And I did read about a documentary is that still happening or what process is that? The documentary is out. It's been premiered. You can find it on YouTube super easily. I type in mindful drinker. And I love that phrase that has come out in this industry and being used. 
if you just type in mindful drinker on Google, like on your phone or whatever, and if you scroll down to where they start showing videos in that first page, that should be the first video that comes up. You should see me there drinking a beer. It's an 18 minute short doc. I had an amazing director and editor that spent a thousand hours putting that together and they did a wonderful job and go, go check it out. You'll see what's going on in the non-alcoholic beverage industry in 2021. And I went to three different cities, Austin, Texas, Denver, Colorado, and New York City. And of course, in San Francisco to and showed what, what I was doing in uh, it was September, 2021. That sounds so cool. I'll put a link to it in the episode. And then I love asking this question. What is your biggest pet peeve when you are bartending? Some of the big pet peeves, I'm pretty good with mindset stuff. So like there, I don't have too many pet peeves because that's on me, but I can, I can dig into one. Oh man, I'm just wondering if I should, if I should pick this one, but I think about people that come in that it isn't about them to like connect and experience something new. I totally understand that. People have their worlds and their realities. They have their blinders on and they don't care to try new things. They need something familiar and basic. So it's not really a pet peeve, but like my whole being is like, check this out. Like I found the coolest thing. And, you know, as a cafe, you have cafe goers with expectations of like, okay, what do we got here? What kind of pastries do you have? And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck about pastries. Okay, wait, I give a little bit, I care a little bit about pastries. I have to have them and they have to be good and I have them there for you. But like, you should see this non-alcoholic beer that I got or check this cocktail out. It's going to blow your damn mind. No. Yeah. Pet peeves is people just naturally not being into like connecting and like soaking up the cool vibes and like learning and like checking out new stuff. But I can get over that too. I have to. We touched on it this a little bit about taking a year off or just trying to get alcohol out of their life. What would you say? I say a couple things Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of practice talking about this stuff. So like I'm ready for that question because it's (laughs) all day long, multiple, multiple people and groups of people I get to talk about that stuff with. And I love it because I like to tell people that there's tens of millions of people that recently cut back on drinking. And I like to say that because I think mindset wise, they're like, oh, there's a whole bunch of people doing that. It's kind of trending right now. How many people do you know would like to drink less? This industry is not as much about abstinence and sobriety as most everybody thinks it is. It's just about people. It's a lot about people drinking less. And I like this. So I like to say that as well. And these products are definitely helping a certain demographic of people drink less. And so it was just having the choice that was not really there before. It is there now. And go check out those choices. If you work in the industry, there's a lot of sober bartenders that have been created. I love that hashtag. I don't like using the word sober as much. I feel like it needs to be rebranded. There is some stigma there with, oh, I'm sober. You know, I'm sober. That will still exist, and that's good. That's a that's still a positive, but like I think it needs a, a, a bit of a rebranding and having a different perspective on the act of drinking less. I like to use the phrase non-drinker. That was one that I kind of settled on. I created a meetup account called Non-Drinkers Social Club SF, and I don't use the word sober in there, and I even talk about that in the description. And it's an admirable thing 
to be drinking less or to not be drinking at all. And the vibe or the stigma that you get if you're out socially and you're not drinking, like that should be going away. And then what I was saying earlier is just so important, like the fear of, of, of not drinking or drinking less. Go ahead and just try to push that to the side and go for it. There is nothing to lose in making that decision. There is so much to gain. You actually, you get all these neural pathways firing and you have so many more possibilities in your life as your brain starts to heal. And when I learned in that rehab and that friendship house that it at six months, how much healing goes on in the brain and then how much healing goes on in the brain in one year. Oh my God, that changed my life. I thought two to three weeks was going to flush my system. Look at the brain scan, six months and then one year of not drinking. It lights up totally different at six months than one year. When I learned that, I was like, awesome. I, I want to I go check that out. I want to see what happens. So go for it. Like, Don't be scared. And there's a, tens of millions of people that are making similar decisions right now especially in this month is 35 percent of drinking age adults are participating in dry january and then a certain percentage of them are like i sleep better <laughs> like i'm going to february too because after four weeks you got new habits like that's the biggest thing is like yeah alcohol is an addictive substance and so that's a huge thing for sure but i'll tell you right now your habit of like when you go drink after work or like you drink on the weekends or you drink at that time of night, that habit and that pattern is one of the most, the hardest things to shift. But after four weeks, you've made that shift and you got through a hard thing. And like February and March is very much so attainable. And go ahead and make the commitment for six months or one year. Like you got nothing to lose and go find the community and go find these cool beverages too if you're into that kind of thing that that, that we're getting together over these things because it's a super special thing i can show you what fills the room when you remove the frequency of alcohol from it and the vibe that fills the room when you remove the frequency of alcohol and then you enter in these like super cool cocktails like we've got some crazy cocktail that's going on right now and the beers like just come down and check it out i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some things especially industry people and then I thought that I saw on Ocean Beach Cafe, the website, that you have not necessarily a happy hour, but you have a you have meetups. I do meetups there for sure. I have a non-alcoholic speakeasy lounge that is has like a secret entrance and everything. It's an invite only. I do one hour tastings where I will taste you on as many things as I can in an hour. Like seriously, come down for that especially industry people because they bar managers know like three or four brands maybe and i have like 10 other brands they gotta try and i will just share it with you how often do you do the tastings they're by reservation you can book on the site you can book on google you can book through instagram if you want to you'll you'll click on it and it'll show the calendar and then you can select a slot and then I have it now where I like i'll accept it or not because i have a lot of events going on in dry january you'd be busy yeah yeah. But the other thing I'm doing is the non-alcoholic mixology classes. It's an hour and a half. That one's 75 a person. And an hour and a half, I'll teach you to make three very different cocktails and how to garnish them up. Super cool. I love doing that course because I just particularly enjoy like showing people some cool things and doing it in a way that they'll really remember. And then lastly, we have the Club AF. And that is where we're bringing the community of enthusiasts together. We throw them a party every month. 
it's a it's a wine subscription club so it's a monthly recurring subscription you get two or three of like the coolest stuff that I can get my hands on. It's also a beer club, same thing, monthly subscription. You're going to get a 12 pack of like the coolest stuff that I don't even sell on the floor. And then I took a cocktail club as well. You can sign up for all three of those or just one of them or two of them, get all that information on the website. The coolest thing with that, yeah, there's perks. You get a 10% off at the at the the restaurant at all times you get happy hour at all times. There's some cool perks there, but like I think the coolest thing about it is we're literally filling up a room with like the coolest cats ever that are into this stuff and who signed up and we have over 50 members. We're going to have over a hundred and then over 200. So that's a super exciting thing to get to build. That sounds awesome. And again, I will put that in the link of that the episode as well. Again, remind me of ocean beach, the hours. What are you open? When are you closed? I'm opening it up now. I'm closed Mondays and Tuesdays and it's opening at 11 AM on the weekdays. Weekends, I'm opening at 9 a.m. and I'm closing it down at 7, trying to get trying to get the people getting off work and stuff and those happy hours and stuff where people can socialize. And I'm closing at 6 p.m. On, on weekdays. So it's like 11 to 6 on the weekdays and it's 9 to 7 on the weekends. Just get in your car, get on the bus. You got to come down. I just need you to walk in the door for a second that, that, and just like look at the bottles real quick. And then it's going to click in your head what the hell is going on. And I'm going to taste you on things like just come down. I agree. It is not that hard. I've done it. I'm going to go back. Oh, that was my other question. Are you there most of the days that you're open? Yeah, I'm still there all the time. And then if I'm not, Danny Meeks is in there and he is the man. He's so good. Him and I are a lot alike too. It's, it's so awesome having Danny around. He's a sommelier and a, fine dining manager he's just he could be working anywhere in this city and run that place and he's choosing to be here it's so cool oh that is that is great to hear so josh have a great rest of the day i truly appreciate you taking the time out to do this and again i'm going to be back in the city soon and i will be back in ocean beach cafe i know how to make the journey out there it's not that tough i totally agree Yeah, you tell them. So have a good one and we'll talk soon. All right, Tracy, thanks so much for doing this. And that is my interview with Joshua James. You know, when I contacted Josh about being a guest on my podcast, he didn't know who I was. We weren't in the same bar circles when he was bartending back in the day in the city. And he just agreed to be a part of my podcast. No questions asked. Just a, you know, yeah, I'll do it. And I really love and appreciate that about people who are just so willing to help you out at a second's notice. It's something that I try to do, but still kind of suck at it. So thank you, Josh, for reminding me and others to just help people out. And another thing I appreciate about Josh is his honesty about what his life was like before he went to rehab and rehab. Because some people feel a lot of shame about that aspect of their life, and they really shouldn't. So thank you again for your honesty. And what is so great about Josh is his excitement and passion about not drinking and what positive effects it's had on his life and the new options of non-alcoholic spirits and wine and beer that are out there that he and others get to talk about and get to educate people about too. So thank you again, Joshua James, for taking the time to chat with me during one of the tornado river bomb storms of January 2023. And please go visit Josh at Ocean Beach Cafe. It's not that hard to get to. I swear I've been there twice. And you heard him. 
It's the most beautiful part of San Francisco. So thank you for listening. Booze Nation, the podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please go rate and review. It does help. And remember, please tip your bartenders. Thanks. Thanks.